This is Doc's Cost, episode 25. 25, for me, that's real easy. I don't know about everybody else. 25 is Raghib Ismail from the University of Notre Dame. National champion in 1988 when he was a freshman. I happen to be there too at the same time, so in my mind, 25 is always the rocket. Got a great show for you today. Some of you young whippersnappers out there might get a giggle out of the title, and you old people better ask your kids what the heck it means. It's all about HMO, PPO, and EPO. Here we go. In this. mission is simple, to get you 100% covered. I'm Scott Dowling. I've got over three decades of insurance knowledge and experience to share with you. I don't work for the insurance company and am beholden to no one. I'm here to make healthcare transparent for all of us. There's an affordable insurance plan out there someplace, and I promise to help you find it. Doc's Cost starts now. Hey, hey, it is a good time to be out and about. It's finally turning into summer. Illinois is finally getting around the corner, and hopefully we won't be wearing masks anymore, just like the rest of the country. The Supreme Court's making some decisions. The Cubs are half game behind the Brewers, so they're happy up in Cheeseland, but Aaron Rodgers didn't show up for camp, so they're all upset. And the A's are still in first place. So the other thing is there's Sox fans all over the place wearing their Sox stuff. It's incredible how they come out of the woodwork when they're in first place. So we've got a good show regarding HMOs, PPOs, and EPOs. And if you saw the rest of the title, you got Whiskey Tango Foxtrot and IDK and NVM. So ask your kids. They're probably laughing. So we're going to talk about HMOs, PPOs, EPOs, what they mean, why they're important, what they're purported to do, what they really do, and how that affects the price of what you're paying as far as your insurance premiums. Okay, let's start with HMO. HMO is Health Maintenance Organization. What are they supposed to do? What is a health maintenance organization supposed to do? A health maintenance organization was originally set up to be a self-contained provider of health care where it was a hospital staffed with doctors and nurses and all the other things that go with operating a hospital, but it was self-contained. It was owned by one company. Henry J. Kaiser set up one of the first HMOs. That's where Kaiser Permanente, they're still one of the largest operators of HMOs. But the HMO was set up to care for the employees of Kaiser Shipbuilding. And then there's Kaiser Aluminum, Kaiser Steel. He was a big industrialist. Um, He was a big philanthropist. That's where the Kaiser Family Foundation comes from. So he was always looking out for his employees, looking out for the community. He set up this hospital to be staffed with doctors and nurses and all the other stuff that goes with running a hospital. And it was for the employees of his company. 
It was owned and operated by Kaiser for the benefit of the employees, and that's where they got their health care, was at the HMO. So they got it at the hospital, and the doctors work for the hospital. Everybody's on staff, and it's called a staff model HMO, which basically means that it's self-contained. You can't go outside of that. You don't have any coverage for anywhere else that you would go because it's not part of the HMO. In 1973, Richard Nixon signed a bill that was the HMO Act of 1973. And in the HMO Act of 1973, there was financial support that was offered for the development of new HMOs and required employers who offered traditional health insurance plans to also offer an HMO alternative if a federally qualified HMO was available in their area. So that basically assured business for HMOs and it required employees, I'm sorry, employers to offer HMOs. And that's where their growth came in the 1970s. So when you get to the early 80s, that's when preferred provider organizations started to pop up. And that was almost a death knell for HMOs because the HMO couldn't operate as efficiently. They own the, uh, they own the real estate, they own the offices, they own the doctors, the staff, everything about it within the hospital, and the costs to run them became prohibitive. And many of them went under. Uh, Kaiser was spread out all over the country, and they had to shut plans down. Doctors had to find new practices to go work for. Um, so by the late 1990s, uh, staff model HMOs basically went the way of the dinosaur. But HMOs still exist, and even today, Kaiser Permanente has 12.5 million members. Um, they've got billions in operating revenue, um, so they're doing just fine. But the concept to take away with the HMO is that the benefits are only within the HMO. If you go outside of the HMO, and that's where network comes in, but if you go outside of the HMO network, and those are the doctors and hospitals that belong to the HMO. If you go outside of the HMO, you don't get any benefits. So it's the same way back in the day when they owned the, the hospital and the doctors and staff. You had to go to that doctor's office, that hospital, to see the doctor. And that was the only way you got coverage. So today, the HMO is basically, if the doctor's affiliated, you're covered. If the doctor's not affiliated, you don't get any coverage whatsoever. And that's what today's HMOs kind of morphed into. It's not an actual physical entity any longer. It's just a name. And we talk about networks. Networks are merely doctors and hospitals that sign contracts with so-called network providers. And a network is just a group of doctors and hospitals on a list. So an HMO, in the context of all benefits or no benefits, if they're on the list of HMO providers, then you get coverage. If they're not on the list of HMO providers, then you get zero coverage. And that's where PPOs come in. PPOs are preferred provider organizations. And a PPO is the same thing as an HMO in the context of it's a list of providers. 
It's a list of providers who have contracted with a network operator, again, a so-called network operator. All they do is they sign a contract and they say, we'll take these patients and we'll take them at this cost. The difference with the preferred provider organization and an HMO, a health maintenance organization, the difference is that HMO does not cover anything if the providers are not on the list. And that's from an insurance company, insurance plan standpoint. They're not going to offer any coverage if it's an HMO plan and the provider is not on the list. A PPO is somewhat the same and somewhat different. Similar to an HMO, they've got a list of doctors that contract with a so-called network provider that are preferred providers. If you see a doctor who is on that list, the health plan will pay benefits at a certain rate. Different than an HMO is if you see a doctor who's not on that list, you still get benefits that are payable to you, and that's where the popularity lies for PPOs. There's flexibility. You can see a doctor that's on the list, and you can see a doctor that's off the list. But in either case, the insurance plan will cover you. That's different than the HMO. It's an all-or-nothing proposition. A PPO is if you see our preferred provider, we're going to pay a higher level of benefit than if you went to see somebody who's not on the PPO, on the preferred provider list. We're not going to pay as much money towards your benefits, which means you have to pay a little bit more. But you do have choice. You do have flexibility. And that's why PPOs were so popular starting in the early 1980s. Finally, you've got EPO, Exclusive Provider Organization. It's nothing more than an HMO, except you don't need a primary care physician. That's the only thing it is. It's, it's like a new, improved version of Coke. Remember Coke 2? Remember how well that went over? Well, this isn't any different. It's a gimmick. Just like I say, copays are, are gimmicks because it's really coinsurance. The EPO is a gimmick. It's just to say, oh, we did something different. Oh, we've got an EPO now. Come get the EPO. No, it doesn't do anything. You're, e- you're either going to provider on the list or you're going to a provider who's not on the list. Whether you get a primary care physician or not, that's like a gatekeeper, right? It's more flexibility. Well, it's like an HMO, but you don't have to go see a primary care physician if you don't want to. We recommend it, but you don't have to. That's not a new and improved benefit. But they market it as EPO, like it's something new. All it does is make things more confusing. And the same goes for point of service and open access and all this other stuff. It's just gimmicks. You're either a doctor who's got a contract that's on the list. You're either an HMO where it pays benefit if you see them and they're on the list. It doesn't pay anything if they're not on the list. Or it's like a PPO where we'll give you more benefit if they're on the list, but we'll still give you some benefit if they're not on the list. That's all it is. The other stuff I wouldn't really worry about. So why do we even have so-called networks? Why is there a PPO network? Why is there an HMO network? Why do they even exist? Well, right now, insurance companies that have PPO network providers, managers, or a company like Multiplan, and Multiplan's probably the largest independent um, provider of managed care cost management solutions, 
Uh, and multi-plan is listed on the NYSE. Um, it is listed under the ticker symbol MPLN on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, they've got 2,000 employees. They're on Fifth Avenue in New York, and they do just shy of a billion in revenue per year, and they have about $8.5 billion in assets. They put networks together, and they've been doing it for some time, and they're the largest independent. But you know, the Blue Cross plans have their own networks. Cigna's got their networks. Aetna's, they call them BUCA. Uh, it's Blues, United Healthcare, Cigna, and Aetna. It's called BUCA in the business. Um, they've all got their own networks. They've got subsidiary companies that put these networks together. Why do they exist? Well, supposedly they can negotiate better rates and everything else. The reason they first started was so that physicians could get patients. That's how Blue Cross started. The hospital down in Baylor, down in Texas. They had a bunch of empty beds, and they wanted to fill them up. So it was to generate business. It was to acquire um, people that needed to go to the hospital, come over here. We'll give you an insurance plan, and you come in here when you need it. It was to generate business. And the same holds true today in that uh, if you are in a insurance network, a PPO network, and we've got a bunch of insureds, like we're one of the Bukas, and we've got uh, 10,000 people insured in your area. And if you want to see those people, we can drive them to you and you give us a discount. So we'll increase the volume of patients you have. We'll make it easier for you to acquire patients. And we'll put you on our list. And those people will come in there because you're on our list. They're insured with us. You give us discounts. And we'll make sure you get a volume of people coming through your physician practice or your hospital or your pharmacy, whatever it is. We'll drive business to you. So there's a symbiotic relationship between the provider and the insurance company. The only people they forget about is you the patient, the insured. They don't even think about you. That's why you're kept out of things. That's why you don't understand the pricing. That's why they don't tell you what the pricing is. That's why you get balanced billed. That's why you get frustrated. That's why you get angry. It's all because of this system that's set up that includes PPO networks, HMO networks. And it's drawing a lot of scrutiny. It's drawing scrutiny from regulators is drawing scrutiny from politicians, is drawing scrutiny from um, private business. Walmart's all over this thing. Amazon, J.P. Morgan, Chase, and Berkshire Hathaway attempted to do something on this, and now J.P. Morgan just made an announcement on something that they're going after in the marketplace. So it's getting a lot of scrutiny. There's also something out there uh, that was written up Uh, a while ago. I'm going to post it on the show notes. But there's a a movie and uh, some other stuff that goes along with it. I'm not necessarily all in, but um, there's something called The Big Heist. You might want to check that out. There's something out there called reference-based pricing, and that eliminates networks, and that's something that's talked about. I've seen it in action. Um, It is probably a lot better than using a PPO network or an HMO network. But um, again, the providers are in it with the network operators and the insurance companies. So 
Um, a lot of this is going through employers and sidestepping that whole thing. And we're going to get more into that in the next episode, which is basically going to be HMO, PPO, EPO, Whiskey, Tango, Foxtrot, IDK, NVM, Part 2. So look for that coming up next. We also have new limits for health savings accounts for 2022, and we'll give you that update in the next episode as well. I just want to thank you again for being with me. Uh, I appreciate you as always. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at DocsCost, D-O-X-C-O-S-T. You can find us on the web, DocsCost.com. Tell your friends, your family, your coworkers, your boss, your firm administrator, let them know about DocsCost. Tell them to listen in. Go ahead and subscribe. We'd love to have you join the group. And remember, health insurance is not health care. DocsCost is where you'll gain the knowledge, experience, education, information to become an astute consumer of health care and take control of your health insurance. Lower your cost, take total control. And here once again is my pal Morgan Fingleton. Find out more about Morgan going to DocsCost.com forward slash music. So long, everybody. In this- Yeah.